Well, good morning. This is Ray Morales with The Blind Spot. And today my guest is Harvey Gary. Harvey, how you doing? I'm doing fine. How about yourself, Ray? I'm doing great, man. I couldn't be any better. So tell me, how's your day going? My day is um, actually going wonderful. Um, I'm in the process of um, getting ready to go back um, out of town again this this weekend and um, also um, getting ready for goalball practice um, this evening. Oh, cool. So tell me a little bit about yourself or tell my listeners a little bit about yourself. Okay, I am a 61-year-old, um, visually impaired Air Force veteran. I reside in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, I have a wife, um, and I have um, three children and three stepchildren. Awesome. So um, is your wife working? Uh, no, she's this a disabled veteran as well. Oh, okay. And what branch was she in? She was in the United States Army. Army. Well, so Army and Air Force got together. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what did you do when you're in the Air Force? I was a, a material facility specialist. That was the job title. Um, and actually, I was a aircraft delivery parts driver. I would take um, parts from our base warehouse out to... Um, the flight crews and various aircraft uh, locations um, on the flight line. Okay, cool. And uh, how long did you do that? I was in the Air Force for a little about maybe seven and a half years. Cool. And um, your wife was in the Army for how long? My wife did 10 years in the Army, but I did not, we did not meet till after we got out oh. of the service oh okay well that's that's cool and um so you really like the army i mean the air force yes i i love the air force and uh if you if you hadn't gotten out um would you think you made it a career oh yes um most definitely so what was the reason you got out well um it, it's, it's kind of a long story to make a, a, a long story short. Um, it was like I was stuck at um, this one location and, um, you know, I put in orders to transfer and, um, you know, to move around because that was the number one reason I, did, I joined the military to, to serve, of course, and to mm -hmm. um, see the world. And um, right. for some reason, they just kept getting denied. Huh. <laughs> and, um, you know, I don't feel that I was getting passed over um, as promotions as okay. well. So I, I said, well, I, I think it's probably a, a good time to um, separate at that time. Right. All right. Well, we won't get into that then. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so what brings you to um, the blind spot? How did you get here? Um. I was referred to the blind spot um, uh, by a fella um, named Donald. And um, we've um, had some mutual events together. Um, so we did, uh, I don't really know him well, but I, you know, I know him um, well enough. And we talked on the phone um, about a therapeutic riding camp that's actually coming up and, um, I think June 15th to the 18th. And then we, you know, we got to talking about our, our experiences in the military and um, we um, discussed technologies and um, blind rehab centers. And he said, um, you know, um, I think that you would be a good candidate to um, share your story and experience with um, like-minded individuals. Uh huh. So I said, sure. Well, cool. So was that Don Overton? Um, well, it was Don Overton, um, and um, I, I think it's a guy named Donald, and I can't think of Donald's um, first name offhand. Oh, okay. but I believe he was he was on your podcast, um, maybe a little while back. Okay, cool. Well, I'm glad it's uh, the word's getting out. So 
that's wonderful. Uh, we uh, we just celebrated having uh, 500 listeners um, a couple of weeks ago. Oh wow! Uh, okay, yeah. So so you're growing. <laughs> it's it's growing, yeah. So anyway, um, congratulations. It, uh, thank you very much. I appreciate it, and I appreciate all you listeners out there who who have uh, been so faithful in uh, joining us every week. Well, let's get back to your story. Um, let's explain to the people um, what you're involved in. I know that um, you do a lot of uh, sports and um, adaptive sports. And uh, you also do one thing that really caught my attention was you teach a self-defense class. Yes, sir. Well, tell us about that. How does a blind person teach self-defense? <laughs> well, um, you know, when I first went to the visor program in um, D.C., I, I, I went there for orientation for a week. And um, at the end of that week on Friday, um, you know, the, the instructor said, well, um, Friday at 12 o'clock is your last lesson. He said, but if you want to stay, we have um, a judo class um, from 1 to 3.30. And, um, you know, if you're interested, um, feel free to join us. And um, at first I thought, you know, I, I heard the word judo, but it didn't kind of really uh, apply to, because I'm thinking the same thing as, as most of the, the viewers, um, you know, being visually impaired, you know, mm -hmm. how can this happen? And I thought it was just maybe uh, a stretching class that uses like, some of you know judo stretching techniques um right kind of like a yoga class <laughs> yes so to my surprise when um you know i got there um there was a a, a full judo gi waiting for me a <laughs> white belt <laughs> and um there was a a, a sensei and uh -huh. and actually you know that's when i i learned about um first um you know, the blind and visually impaired judo and, and how the rules um, adapt to, you know, um, your sight loss. And um, from there, um, I think uh, even though I was like on the older end of the spectrum with sight loss uh, and, you know, I was going to judo tournaments and, and I was competing mostly um, against sighted um, individuals. And much younger, and um, I think I, I I competed all the way up until um, the shutdown. Uh huh. Wow. And that was a a lot of fun. And even though a lot of times, um, you know, it was almost like a, a fifty fifty um, of winning and and losing. Mm -hmm. um, so um, you know, but. Every time I competed, you know, um, you know, people in, in the audience and people in the stands, like they prop, you know, have really never seen a, a visually impaired judo match and the rules were different. But I was always getting compliments and, and saying, you you know, every time I stepped on the mat that I was a winner and, um, you know, people were like, well, I probably, you know, couldn't do what you do, you know, with, right. with limited vision. So um, that went on to um, a, a few years after that I was a, a, a startup program um, that's no longer in existence. Um, and um, it was a, a self-defense program, and I'm, and I'm not going to name it, that um, basically um, taught self-defense to um, visually impaired and blind individuals. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, it was almost like um you know they we first went over um you know how to avoid situations how to be aware of our environment so you know we wouldn't stand out as much to be a, a easy target but we right. also learned that in in certain situations you know um you know if you're totally blind and somebody somebody says they have a gun you know what I'm saying? Then it's right. like, don't even attempt to um, do any self-defense. You know, believe them. 
you know, right. it's sometimes self-defense is, is, is escaping the situation alive. <laughs> exactly. And, um, you know, once that program, um, kind of, uh, went out of the way, there was, a, a another organization, um, called Stride for You, um, that um, started picking up um, the fundamentals of, of self-defense um, for blind, but it also has a holistic of um, approach to the overall, um, you know, we got more involved in, um, you know, more techniques, um, more safety awareness, more... Um, you know, just walking around and, and, and actually going out in public with with confidence. Um, I always say um, that, you know, my disability does not limit me from, you know, living a life that that I really want to um, live. Um, I don't go around um, in constant fear um, with a long white cane because I definitely believe there's... Um, way more good people in the world than bad. So, right. you know, and I always tell people, one of the first things I say in my self-defense classes, like, you know, if you're walking around with a, a long cane or even if you're disori disorientated and you, you know, so solicit um, some instructions, you know, um, you know, you might get put, catch the attention of bad guys, but you know, you're really catching the attention of everybody else that's around. Um, right. That will notice you and, and look out for your safety and, and well-being. Right. I believe there's good people out there that will come to your uh, come to your aid if they see you're in trouble. Yes. And one of the uh, one of the things that um, that we also teach in, in um, self-defense is, um, you know, First, recognizing, you know, every state or even cities or municipalities, you know, you have to really um, research their self-defense laws. Uh -huh. You know, I, I know in, in, in Maryland, basically, it's 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 equal force. Um, you know, if if somebody hits me, I can't take a ham out and <laughs> and you know. Right. And go to town on them. So um unless they hit you with a hammer. Right, exactly. <laughs> so um, you know, and, and I think that that's really um, you know, and even though that we're disabled, um, you know, we still can be held liable, um, you know, if we do break the law. Right. Um, so it it you know, we have to tell them it's it's not a a license just to to go out and just, you know, grab people and and throw them and you know uh, right. break bones and and things of that nature. Right. So, um, how long have you uh, been visually impaired? I was diagnosed with advanced glaucoma in two thousand fifteen. Two thousand fifteen. Yes. Okay. And. Um, was it a gradual thing or did it just hit you all at once? Well, yeah, it was a gradual um, process until it, you know, it got to the point where I was um, legally blind. Right. And uh, how long from start to from your first diagnosed to when you were um, as bad as it got? How long? Like I said, um, it probably... Um, was probably decreasing, you know, what the doctors say they really couldn't pinpoint when, um, you know, my vision actually began to deteriorate, but they said it, it probably was like five years prior to when it slowly got to the point to where, um, I noticed that things were, um, blurry than, than normal. Right. Per se. And then, um, you know, um, I did have glasses, so I, I, I figured, like, um, maybe the average person, well, I needed a stronger prescription. Uh -huh. So when I went to the um, optometrist, then they um, looked at um, 
you know, looked at my eyes and seen that, um, you know, a lot of my optical nerves in, in both eyes were damaged. Then that's when, um, you know, they gave me the news that, um, you know, you got advanced glaucoma at this stage and there's nothing that can be done to replace it. Uh-huh. So um, I think um, now the, the actual mission is to, um, you know, as the VA and all the doctors say, is to, to save um, what, try to save what um, vision that I have remaining. Right. And how do they do that? By regulating pressure in your eyes? Yes, yes, yes. Um, Actually, I I have a pressure check um, Monday, but I'll be away and I have to um, reschedule that appointment. But yeah, I I get, uh, you know, pressure checks every three months. Okay. And um, so what, what basically does that consist of, your pressure check? Well, um, it, um, actually, um, a a quick visual field check. So, you know, they, they still, um, you know, tell me to to block one eye and to look at an eye chart. Um, and they take me to the, you know, the higher, more bolder, larger letters down to, um, the smallest line that I can read. And then they, um, you know, check that against what I did three months ago. And then they um, check the pressures, um, which, of course, always is, is includes um, number drops. And then they, um, they do a thorough exam of my optical nerves. And then um, I think every six months I, I do another uh, visual field test. Uh-huh. Well, cool. And, um, yeah, I've done all that myself. So, um, uh, how do I want to put this? Um, they don't give any, um, any chance of it coming back at all. Right. No, that was made perfectly clear. Um, when they diagnosed it and it got to the point where, you know, they put the, uh, advanced glaucoma label on it it's like it's not coming back okay so how much uh vision do you have my left eye is 2200 my right eye is 2600 okay um for our viewer our listeners out there they don't uh probably don't understand that what the numbers mean so could you try and tell them a different way I I'm, I would tell them what um, what they told me with the with the twenty two hundred. It's like um, and what was explained to me is what a person can see at two hundred feet. I can I, I can see I can see it at twenty. Okay. So and I and I believe like even further you know if somebody can make a car um coming from a distance at 600 feet it still has to be almost like 20 feet for me to say okay it's uh it's a car in my right eye okay and then you know it, uh, and another thing that you know and this is objects that are you know, standing still, um, objects that move, people move, um, things that move. It's it's even um, a little bit more difficult. I I can't not even explain, um, you know, the scientific method of that works because I you know I definitely know that like if, even at twenty feet, if somebody say like throws a ball at me. You know, with my limited vision, by the time I, my brain process a ball, is coming towards me, usually it's, it's a little bit too late to react. <laughs> it's already hit you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah, I've got that problem too. My my grandkids want to play catch with me or something, and they'll throw a ball and I don't see it coming. And, uh, right. It, I it usually was, feel it before I see it. I, it was like, um, at, um, 
the last year at the Valor Games, they said, try sitting volleyball. Mm -hmm. And um, like where um, I'm sitting at the front line, I could look across the net and know there's a, a player opponent like right across from me from the other side. But, you know, when they hit the ball and it went up and we was playing in the gym uh -huh. and I looked up trying to pick out a white ball in all this bright lights. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's difficult for me. Um, when I, it first happened to me when I had my stroke and lost my vision, um, I, I couldn't watch anything um, on TV that had to do with sports because the ball would move so fast, you know, I couldn't keep up with it. You know, um, once you think about that, I, I still, um, I'm a huge Baltimore Raven fan. Uh huh. I have been to, um, each year I probably at least go to one or two live sporting events. Right. And, Basically, I am reacting with the crowd. <laughs> not as far as, like, I'm really not even, you know, too much concentrating on what's in the field. Because, like I say, when I look down there, I just see a, a, a pile of look like small people, um, you know, in a crowd, just right. moving. And usually, and and then you know, I I listen to um, you know, after each play, I I listen to the announcements. Um, I know one time um, we um actually went to a Baltimore Oriole game, mm -hmm. and you know, people say, well, don't they have the 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 headsets that you can listen to the radio broadcast, or you could bring um. You know, some people still have transistor radios, believe right. it or not. I know. Can't you take a yeah, a, a radio and and it all depends because I know um at the Oriole game, the broadcast went from a a five second delay to an eight second delay. Mm-hmm. And to the average person you say, Well, what's three seconds? <laughs> <laughs> well it's a lot in baseball. Yeah, man. Like somebody can hit a home run and practically be in the dugout <laughs> before you realize they hit a home run. So it's like, you know, to me personally, and you know, I respect you know how each member what what works for them. But I, I definitely like the the energy and the feel of the loud audience reaction. Right. But you know, I find myself. I've been to quite a few ball games. Um, I'm a baseball fan. And um, it's just, I, I get, I get confused because I hear the crowd cheer and I'm like asking like whoever I'm with, what happened? What happened? What did they do? Why are they, why are they cheering? And it's, oh, it's just because so-and-so came on the field. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, wow, that big of a, a shout out for all these people that just came on the field and uh, nothing physically happened, you know? Right. Yes. <laughs> okay. It wasn't part of the game. It was just. A guy walked on the field and the crowd went nuts. Right, right, right. So, but yeah, you know, it's but yeah, it's it's it's. But you know, it's. I think that we need to share these experiences because there might be a listener that feels that, you know, it's it's not possible that that they can't do it, and you know, you know, you're talking about you go to live baseball games and I go to live football games and mm -hmm. you know we just letting the listeners know um you know and in the way that you adapt and and you know how you enjoy the game is is strictly up to the individual i think we just want to tell people that it 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 can be done it's been done over and over again oh yeah that's that's the main thing they have to get out and do it i was so scared of going because of the crowds I didn't want to get run over, you know, getting down to down the tunnel to my seat and all that kind of thing. So, but uh, I've noticed uh, when I take my cane, that's kind of like uh, Moses's rod or his staff. It kind of parts the ways, you know. <laughs> Everybody moves out of your way when you have that white cane. 
Um, most definitely. And a lot of times, like, it makes a way of, like, I know me personally, sometimes I have a diff- difficulty to, um, you know, actually pinpointing the specific role in my seat locations. Uh-huh. But, and this is what I'm saying, you, you, you know, the cane attracts more attention than what people think. You know what I'm saying? So, like, even if if I'm at the game with family members, three or four people, you know, I'll be like, you know, I'm going to the restroom, I'm going to the concession stand. And, you know, sometimes, of course, I'll be by myself, but I notice that, you know, if if I come back up to the to the tunnel into the section, uh-huh, you know, and that's you know those little small numbers that signify the row and, and seat number. Right. I really don't um, have to actually look for it because you know by by the time I went down, everybody in that section <laughs> have saw me, and it's like, hey, your seat's right here. Yeah. <laughs> Come towards me. <laughs> right. Either that or you know an usher will be there to help you. Right. Right. Yeah. So it. It's good. You have to. I don't mind relying on people to help me at all. Oh, of course. Be, I used to be embarrassed by it, but uh, not anymore. Uh, I threw my pride out the window, and I've given in and saying, "Yeah, you can help me all you want." <laughs> I don't mind. You know, and, and that's what I'm saying. It, it to me, I always look at um, sometimes not actually myself. But the, the next individual that might have a, a, a long cane or a guide mm-hmm. dog. Right. Um, you know, so if 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 a person helps me and um, you know, they you know, and I give them instructions on how to help me and and what to say and, and how I want to be guided, when the next person comes along that probably might not have the training or the um or to know how to solicit verbal instructions. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, they can jump into action and, you know, make the situation pleasant on both ends. Right. You know, even to the to the introduction, um, you know, I, I know I've been with some people and they're like, well, people, when they people come to God, man, they grab my cane and I get mad and tell them, leave me alone. <laughs> I'm like, that's that's a, a, a teachable moment there, right? <laughs> you know, and 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 then you know it. It's like you know you could tell them, "Hey, approach, don't touch, introduce yourself, and ask, how would you like to be guided?" That's right. all. <laughs> it's simple. Yes, it's simple. People, I I, I never people lose really my, want help, but uh... yeah, I never lose my temper for anybody that attempts to help me but really don't know how right and you know nobody really knows how to do that unless they've been around a blind person and have learned because uh, I can remember when I was younger uh, I never encountered blind people I mean it's very rare that I even saw one yet alone talk to one so I didn't know how to approach one I didn't know how to help them and and um you know that's correct it's not like um you know um it's 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 taught in school or right you know it's it's tv shows or or commercials on mainstream media um it's like most of the time um when i come across people that of effectively know how to communicate and guide is because of course, they have a family member right. that's blind. But since the the blind population is, um, what maybe five six percent, if that, of the population, right. you know, it doesn't surprise me to actually come across several people that have not um, witnessed or um, even came into contact with anybody with a sight impairment. Exactly. Yeah, that's. Uh... It's something that we need to help people become aware of and uh, help them be able to help us, you know. But it, it um, at least they're willing to help. I can remember um, 
it was when I first uh, got home from the hospital and uh, I was out, we had a, uh, a party at my daughter's house and there were some of my old friends there. And uh, I said, uh, we needed ice. So I said, I'll, I'll volunteer to go get the ice. It was just right across the street and at a Seven Eleven kind of thing. And so um, I walked, started walking over there and there's a intersection that I had to go through. And I was waiting and uh, I had my cane. And so um, I was there just waiting, just uh, my turn. And uh, when it came to my turn, I stepped out into the street and uh, all the traffic stopped <laughs> in all four directions. <laughs> the, the people stopped their cars in all four directions. So I get out and I start walking. And this guy comes from across the street. I hear him hollering, don't move, don't move. And I'm, why not? You know, I'm walking. And so he comes running over and he grabs my arm. I'll help you. And I'm pulling my arm back. No, I don't need your help. I'm fine. But that's how people are. They just don't know what to do. They want to help, but they don't know how. Yes, I had a um, um, story similar to that. Matter of fact, this was actually like two days ago when um, <laughs> I, I was at the mall. And um, and I took the the city bus, and um, the 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 city bus. The last time I I rode it, it used to um take us into the mall property, uh-huh. and let us and let us off, but not taking that bus. And uh, like even before the shutdown, four or five years ago, <laughs> it didn't do that anymore. It let you out across the street Uh-oh. um and um it was fine of course um at the bus stop was in the middle of the block and sometimes you know when you like your trainer tells you you know to walk down and cross at the light uh-huh which i did um no problem it was basically you know a four-lane um road but when I came back, I was walking up the, the sidewalk to the bus stop, and um, I was on the, the sidewalk, and um, I stopped, and um, I was checking an email, something on my phone, and a lady came, and, um, and a lady drove up, and I really didn't pay attention. I was, like, looking at, at my phone. Um, uh-huh. And she stopped a car in the middle of both the lanes to stop the car. And she opened the door and she got out the car. Don't worry, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I was like, uh, <laughs> I'm okay. She said, you sure? You sure? And like I said, I, I, I'm like, well, I mean, you putting yourself more than in danger getting out in the middle of the road than, than exactly. I am on the sidewalk but I mean you have to commend that people to actually want to do that to right. help so to make sure that she, you're safe her intentions were good yes yes and that, that's what we need more people out there with good intentions because uh, I know there's people out there that are just looking for uh, a victim and um we are an easy target. Oh, yes. 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 And yes. that's why I thought that self-defense um, class that you were teaching was a, a good thing for for visually impaired people. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a, a, a wonderful application, like I say, um, for, for those that, um, you know, don't walk into a class and say, you know, they want to go from point one to a hundred right. real fast. I just want to know how to fight. Um, it's not for you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You're going to get hurt. Yes. Back. Yes. <laughs> um, when I was at Heinz, um, the, first, the first time I was there, and uh, the only time I was there, actually, um, I heard a guy talking in one of the classes. He said, um, 
Yeah, he says, I use my cane as a weapon. I'm like, what? He says, yeah, I use it uh, to fend people off. And uh, in a, if I'm in a fight, I can use my cane. And I'm thinking to myself, somebody's going to grab that cane from him and beat him severely. You know, that's uh, you, you just you can't go in it with that attitude. I, I have to be more cautious. I'm not looking for trouble. I just want to be left alone. That's my that's my thinking anyway. You know, um, that that always comes up at every class, every situation. And and and, you know, um. When a person says, if I get in the situation, I use my cane. Um, the first thing that comes to my mind is, um, you've never been in the situation. <laughs> <laughs> and then I say, remember, if you do, you probably, you only get one swipe of an apple with a cane. Um, you know, and it definitely has to be in a spot that's going to stop somebody in their tracks. Mm -hmm. If I if if I take my long cane and I hit somebody in the arm, on the side, in the leg, um, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, that fiberglass is 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 going to break. Then what? You know, then you 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 then you you more than likely escalate the situation. Um, you know, I I and I and I always say, I mean, um, just at the airport this weekend, um, it was crowded. And I, I was in St. Louis Airport, and um, I had my long white cane, and um, I guess a guy was running late for his flight, and um. He came from my left, but you know, he um, crossed in front of me, um, and like I say, with limited vision, I didn't see him till the last minute. Mm -hmm. And he stepped, and he stepped on. He didn't step hard. He stepped on the cane, and it broke just oh, like no. that. <laughs> so, um, you know, the funny thing was. You know, my first and sometimes it's, it's always to take a deep breath and 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 think, because you know my first reaction was like you, <laughs> <laughs> right? Then, um, when a guy actually looked and saw <laughs> what he broke, I mean, the look on his face was like. I mean, I mean, I'm the one that had to console him because he he looked like he was so apologetic he was getting ready to cry. Uh -huh. then, then everybody else looking at him. Oh yeah. And Ariel, how can how can you how can you just break a a a blind man's cane? <laughs> <laughs> my my feelings quickly turned from you know. Um, Things happen, you know. Right. Um, everybody has has gotten a, a cane, caught in the grate, stepped on, <laughs> broke, bent, or whatever. And I'm like, it 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 can be replaced. Um, you know. Um, you know, I'm like, just try to be more careful, you know. Right. And I, you know, I didn't hold him up from from missing his flight. Um. But of course, I I, I called my uh, bros when I got back, and it's like um, I actually um have an appointment with him tomorrow. I'm like, well, the first thing is to re to replace my broken cane. Yeah. So, how did you how did you continue on with your trip um, if your cane was broken? <laughs> well, <laughs> when okay. I actually when I actually got to my gate, um. I um, asked the, the gate agent, um, can you call somebody from maintenance with some duct tape? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I showed him the cane, and I was like, um, you know, um, 
you know, I mean, it was still, you know, the, the cord was still attached. So I'm like, if, if I just can, um, you know, just take the, the piece that broke, um, you know, to the other piece and just fold it in half, basically, you know, almost using it like a straight cane, I'll be all right. right. And, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the guy came and slapped some, slapped some duct tape on it, just enough to hold it together. It was like, um, you know, I really can't, uh, <laughs> really use it to, um, you know, use it hard to where I'm actually, you know, I'm going across fours and, and feeling some things cause it would have right. snapped. But, um, I still had the, um, the identification of a long white cane to, to show everybody around me. Hey, it's, it's a person with, um, a sight impairment, but I right. didn't have the, the full, um, O&M experience with the cane. Right. Right. Wow. So that's never happened to me. Um, not yet anyway. Well, it was it was the first time for me. <laughs> I'm sure I'll encounter something like that. You know, I've 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 not had a you know I've I've had cords that that snapped and the, and the cane fell apart, but never nobody stepping on it. And oh wow! So that, that that elastic band inside. Yes. Yes. Snapped. Yes. I didn't know it would do that. <laughs> Um, it's, for that. Yeah, it's it's rare, but that was like um my actual first cane, and mm-hmm. it was um quite a few years later. You know, sometimes that first cane is <laughs> has a little sentimental value. <laughs> right, it does have sentimental value. And, you know, and and you know, folding it and unfolding it, that elastic um does get. You know, I guess should I say weekend, weekend? Yeah. Yes. Well, I tell you, this has been fun talking about <laughs> talking about canes and uh, uh, all these uh, experiences we've had. But um, what I really want to know is, um, what would you like to tell the people out there that we haven't touched on yet that um, pertains to you? Well, um, what I I would really want to um tell people um about me that they don't know um you know and we've only talked about um the blindness aspect of my life Mm -hmm. um i'm also a type 2 diabetic um you know high blood pressure high cholesterol and um you know i really want people to know even though sometimes we might have multiple um illnesses um you know it's not uh you know even though we take training and and um you know do mobility and and technology training and and cooking training that do uh help us with our blindness we also need to um actually um take care of our whole body um you know i know um one you know a lot of people have one disability and you know, because their attitude is like, I can't do nothing, you know, and they go home and they sit around the house. The next thing you know, there's something else wrong. So I want people to know that um, this is, um, you know, a a disease that I accepted. I own it and I, you know, treat um, my blindness and everything in the, the mental and the spiritual in the physical aspect, you know, I know we were talking about um, adaptive sports and ever since um, way back when, when I started the adaptive judo, um, my diabetes has been under control since then. Um, at, at one time I was on um, three medications for it. I'm down to one. You know, the same as um, with my blood pressure and cholesterol. Um, so, you know, the the, the um, treating this blindness has actually um, educated me on a lot of other things. Right. In my life that are, if left untreated or left unattended, 
you know, can be just as fatal as being visually impaired. So I want people to know that, you know, um, you know, treat the whole body, treat the mind, um, and, and, and treat your spirit, you know, just like you would treat your, your, your blindness. Right. Well, that's a good message to get out there. And, um, so, um, what does the future look like for you? What do you, what are your plans? Well, the future looks like, um, actually just continuing to, um, spend time with family, Mm -hmm. um, get better, (laughs) you know, um, with all my, my, my health issues. And I'm not, and when I say get better, I don't like say get better as far as getting, uh, um, finding kids, um, for all this. Cause you know, it, it might happen, but it might not happen in my lifetime. But what I, uh, what I, um, would do is, is to, to stay active. Um, you know, anytime there's a, any research of blindness or focus groups, you know, I try to attend and give my perspective, you know, to keep the door open, you know, for, um, you know, the younger generation. Um, you know, I also want to tell people you can live the life that you want. Um, you know, don't let people um, stop you from doing something that you want. If it's practical, you know, um, research it for yourself. Don't take anybody's word for it. Because uh-huh. <laughs> trust and believe, one, yeah. I've gotten a lot of bad advice. And you know, once you find a, a person that's on the path that you want to go, you know, reach out, you know, mm-hmm. network with them. Right. Um, and, and, and see how um, their experiences was. Well, that's good advice. Good, solid advice. All right, guys. Well, this has been uh, really fun talking to, to you today. And, um, Harvey, I appreciate meeting you, and uh, it's been a pleasure talking, and uh, I hope to do this again sometime. Sure. Just let me know. You going to be at the convention this year? I'm not going to be at the BVA convention. I believe um, we might. I will be at the NFB convention, though. (laughs) Okay. And where's Um, that going to be? In Houston, Texas. That's Yes, that's July 1st through the 6th. Um, we're actually trying to um, work with the board to do a few <laughs> um, self-defense um, introduction classes. Cool. Um, so if, if, if anybody's um, at the NFB convention, look forward on the agenda. So what does NFB stand for? The National Federation of the Blind. Okay. So we got uh, the BVA, which is Blinded Veterans. Yes. And um, the NFB? Yes. NFB, I think there's a, the American Council for the Blindness of, you know, of, of, a few um, um, blindness uh, advocacy groups. Um, you know, and, and, and like I say, I'm, I'm in, I'm in two, I'm in the, um, I'm in the BVA. I'm actually the president of the, the the local Baltimore chapter, which is just starting um, back up after being um, probably out of assistance for twenty years. Oh wow! Um, it, it 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 it's slow trying to get the members together, but it's it's well worth it. And um, yeah, I'm also a member of the National Federation of the Blind. Okay. I guess different areas of uh, the country have uh, different uh, organizations that are more prolific than others. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and like I say, I really, um, of course, I, I will always favor the BVA because I'm, I'm a blinded veteran. But, um, you know, I know some of the listeners that are not a veteran. But if you can right. get involved with any, um, you know, of of the um groups that advocate, you know, for the benefit of, of people with a visual impairment, please do so. Um, you know, those people, those groups will help you. And, and a lot of people have been, 
you know, and went through what you're going through and right. they can help you, you know, um, live a, a better life. Right. If you and think there's, there's, there's no end because you're blind. And it's better than just sitting in your apartment or your house all alone saying, woe is me. Uh, yes. Get out there and meet some other fellow blind people. It, it does give you a sense of uh, community and um, camaraderie. You always have someone who knows what you're going through that you can talk to. Yes, it's, it's like the um, like the the old uh, <laughs> saying. Um, and um, in AA, they have a saying that says, "In order to keep it, you have to give it away." <laughs> that's right so all right well we're going to wrap this up today and uh harvey it's been a pleasure talking to you my guest today was harvey gary and he is from baltimore maryland so if you're in the baltimore area just uh, look him up i'm sure you can you can find him pretty easily yes you can <laughs> so um can they can they contact you by email harvey anybody who wants to talk yes you can um it's my um, email is all lowercase all together. It is H A R V E Y G U A R Y at gmail.com. So I'm going to repeat that slow because I'm, you know, I know some people be writing and, and it gets a little, I can get a little fast for them. Um, all lowercase all together. H A R V E Y G U A R Y at gmail.com. All right. So it's Harvey Gary at gmail.com. Yes, it is. All right. Well, as long as we're talking emails, I might as well give mine. It's the blind spot 298 at gmail.com. The okay. blind spot 298 at gmail.com and you can always reach me by phone anybody that wants to my number is 270-339-6448 that's 270-339-6448 all right well this has been another episode of the blind spot by ray morales so come back again next week and we'll have another exciting interview with another exciting veteran so thank you for listening. Bye now.